0: Welcome to Bucks Insider Live presented by Verizon. Casey Phillips here with Senior Writer and Editor Scott Smith, and this is our. Saddest show of the year. <laughs> yes. Felt like we needed to start with like the Debbie Downer like sound. Wah, wah. Yes. It's so sad. Um, you know, we we were hoping we were talking about advancing this week, but we did not. So this is what we're all here for. I said this as we recorded Tampa two this morning when Bree and I did it. If this is our space to all come together as a Bucks community, <laughs> commiserate, have our moment, but also get excited about the future. And we're going to do both of those things on this show. So let's start off with the takeaways from the Cowboys game. What stands out to you now that you have a, a few days to hear from people about it, digest? it look back at it what stands out well they,
1: the bucks actually got off to a decent start on, on defense at least and and uh two straight three and outs made a lot of nice plays and it looked like it was going to be you know a tight game where mm-hmm. maybe it'd be a game in the high teens or something because the bucks offense also the dallas defense also did two straight three and outs so four drives into the game neither offense had gotten a first down then dallas broke through with the long drive unfortunate but it happened then the bucks came back with their own drive. And it was a really nice drive with a, a lot of um makeable third downs that were converted and you get down there inside the uh 10 yard line and then tom brady throws maybe his most unfortunate pass of the season it's intercepted in the end zone you know they go the other way for a touchdown and it was kind of it just kind of snowballed from there
0: yeah it's so interesting the way that the Momentum is such a real thing and I know that also, you know the run game never really got going It's interesting. I've you know coach Bowles on our show talked about how He felt like they were getting some decent runs. They did, actually. Yeah, the inability to stick with it because of what ends up happening with the overall flow of the game. And, yeah, it makes you feel like it could have gone so differently the way they were moving it. The
1: run numbers are misleading in two different ways. I think it was maybe 12 for 52, something like that. It's it's misleading because, obviously, in the second half, we were almost exclusively throwing the ball. But then the average, which is pretty good, I don't know, 4.5 per carry or something, is also a little bit misleading because – on those last desperate drives we got a couple of third and ones and converted them with runs which they weren't defending against at that point so seven eight-yard runs on third and one just to move the sticks kind of inflated the average a little bit so in both ways the numbers are a bit misleading but what isn't misleading is that Tom Brady threw 66
0: passes in that game you know how you want to draw that up you
1: get to 351 yards passing uh, two touchdown passes The trio of outside receivers and Chris Godwin and uh, Julio Jones and Mike Evans combined for 233 receiving yards, which if you tell me before the game that's gonna happen, I'm feeling pretty good about that. But when it takes you 66 throws to get there, And you're completing about 54 percent of them then it's not a particularly efficient passing attack and that's what we see in the final numbers and then you you look at it at the end and you you look at those numbers and you 66 passes that's a lot it it is a lot look at this it's almost the most that any quarterback has ever thrown in a postseason game and it's only you know a couple years after ben roethlisberger set the record at 68 but uh only one game on there is a victory and so you you don't need to be throwing 60 passes in a game definitely not the goal
0: and i know that one of the people that uh, we threw to some, but not nearly as much this season in particular as I'm sure a lot of Bucks fans thought we would, is Julio Jones. Yeah. This is a guy who there was so much excitement about what he could bring to this team, but then, of course, health complications. Just felt like he was banged up on and off that injury report all season long. But uh, what did you end up seeing on the, the times he was healthy and able to go of what he brought to this offense? Well,
1: you're seeing it here in some of these highlights. And um, he, had, he basically was dealing with a knee injury the entire season. And some weeks he could go, and some weeks he couldn't. But you can see when he's feeling okay, like on this 30-yard go route, um, you know, he's definitely an asset. And he's been this way throughout his career. As you can see, they, these are all of his uh, postseason games. He's played in 10 playoff games in his career, and every single one of them he's had more than 50 receiving yards. Wow. So that's a streak of 10, obviously, which is the tie for the second longest ever. But you can see what he can still give to a team When he's feeling good it's Mm -hmm. just that i think it's getting harder and harder for that to be an every week thing for julio jones maybe by the start of next year if he's with us or somebody else he'll, he'll be in in good shape but that's what they said when he was coming into the season if you recall mm-hmm. um you know because he had injury issues with tennessee the year before and even in atlanta before that but he was considered healthy coming into the season it just didn't that, last very long I remember that dallas game, game
0: yeah, yeah the first game and speaking of uh health issues uh all season ryan jensen made his triumphant <laughs> return yeah. which was so exciting first of all i loved using him for a hype video and when he got introduced as part of the starting lineup man this stadium went nuts and i loved that for him what an amazing experience and just such a reward for him having stuck with it and worked so hard that had to be a very lonely road all season when you don't even know if the team is going to make the playoffs to give you long enough so you are rehabbing on this hope that without you that you have no control over this that's true they give you you enough time to to come back and the faith that showed he had in this team and you know the desire he had to get back and then for him to not only come back but play every snap that is outrageous and to do it at at a pretty high level I mean I we're not seeing him just getting run over out there which really would not have been that shocking
1: that wasn't the plan though yeah, it which wasn't the plan for him to play every snap. He, that Robert Hainsey was still active, and although he was dealing with a hamstring injury, he was going to play in that game. And they started, um, they started Ryan first mm-hmm. because they thought if we start Robert Hainsey and he gets hurt, now you're down to, to Ryan, and we're not sure he can play every snap of the game. So. So you start Ryan, see how far it can go. Well, he just kept feeling better the whole it's crazy. day, you know, so Not I think, typically
0: how it goes in a football yeah. game where you feel better by the end. Well, I know, but start. maybe
1: if you've been waiting so long, it just keeps fueling you that up. That adrenaline right? was
0: probably going. So
1: it was impressive. It'll be interest, interesting to see where it goes from here because he didn't have surgery on, a, on an injury. Right. You usually would. So is he fully recovered now or what? I mean, yeah. we don't have all the details. In fact, we really didn't have the details on what the injury was until he finally said so. After the game, so, yeah, and it was pretty significant—like MCL, ACL, PCL. Yeah, no big deal. Who
0: needs those? Who so, needs
1: those? Um, <clears throat> yeah, it is a pretty remarkable story.
0: Yeah, that's going to be interesting. You're right to see how this looks moving forward. That'll be one of the storylines of the offseason I'm sure. Is the offensive line and one of the things that we'll talk about, I'm sure, with that is the draft. Of is this a position that you address? Mm-hmm. How early? How often? And right. so now, one thing we do know since the Buck season is over is where they'll be drafting. So take us through that and, and what you think this is going to mean to the team.
1: So. The Buccaneers end up in the 19th slot because the first 18 teams were already ordered. Those were the ones that didn't make the playoffs. And then the rest of it depends a lot on when you exit the playoffs. And so the six teams that were eliminated this past weekend are then added in slots 19 through 24. And since the Bucks' record of 8 and 9 was the worst of those six teams, they get the 19th pick. And I show you the teams here right around them before and after them. I uh, should note that number 21, Miami, they're slotted there, but that pick is actually forfeited because mm. of all the stuff that happened. Uh, earlier this year, but um, you can see the Buccaneers are going to be picking after the Packers the Commanders the Steelers and the Lions So we'll as we start to do mock draft seasons and so on We'll see you know What kind of players we think those teams are looking for and how that could affect the Buccaneers But uh, at least they know they're 19th and one interesting thing about that is because because that eight and nine record doesn't match any of these other teams around them um, They are not in a segment of teams that rotates through the draft so they'll be picking 19th in every round that they have a pick.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So for you, looking at what we know about just typically what is available at 19, let's say, of some of these top positions you think mm-hmm. the Bucks could be interested in, how likely is it you get someone you are excited about at 19?
1: I think it depends on the position. I mean, there's usually some good cornerbacks there at that time, and the Buccaneers do have... Um, do have some issues with free agency and the potential departure of some cornerbacks, so I think or a safety, I think you can get one of the best, you know, one of the three or four best corners or safeties, probably the best safety at pick number 19, unless there's some superstar out there, and I haven't really done my draft homework yeah, yet. Yeah, we
0: have like, plenty of time over the, days, the next few months that I'm sure we'll talk about yeah, it, oh, so you, many times. If
1: you want an interior lineman, it should have no problem getting one of the key ones there. Tackles, usually the premier tackles are gone by there, and you're looking at sort of the second tier by the 19th pick, and who knows, what if the Bucks are looking for a quarterback? Yeah. 19 isn't really, I mean we did get Josh Freeman at 17 a few years ago, um, Kenny Pickett went around that area as the first quarterback this past year, so it's possible, but generally the premier quarterbacks tend to rise into the top 10, so, yeah. um, you know, more like the less premier positions, like defense, you know, edge rusher and quarterback, less likely to have studs there at 19 and then as you go down the list of you know the less premier positions you might be able to get the top ones it's so
0: funny how once now the season ends all of our shows that we do for the next few months is all of the prediction stuff right of what they're going to do in free agency what they're going to do in the draft and i feel like now until there is some sort of decision made about tom brady every one of our shows is going to have this asterisk there of like pending tom brady and and it's amazing to see the way that that will end up affecting free agency and the draft of what you think your needs are you know what you're trying to bring back, what you're trying to do in terms of the rebuild, reload, yeah.
1: all of that, and how aggressive you are, mm-hmm. and how much people want to come back. Yep. If we just compare this to last year, when Tom Brady made that sort of late in the like 11th hour decision before free agency to not retire and come back, then you start seeing dominoes fall. Ryan Jensen resigns, Carlton Davis resigns, yep. Chris Godwin after getting the franchise tag resigns, and so. It could make a big difference depending on what your plans are at quarterback, whether some guys, how motivated they are to come back, and how motivated you are to continue this aggressive style of free agent signing where you do sort of have to pay for it a little bit down the road. Bucks are already going to have to pay for some of that this year. There's some cap issues, some pretty big cap issues they have to work through because of these types of contracts over the last two or three years. But it was worth it, of course. To win a Super Bowl and be Super Bowl contenders, right for this window and hopefully a little longer.
0: Yeah, that's going to be interesting. And I know this week we did at least hear about some futures contracts, uh, not quite as uh, newsworthy exciting. and exciting as uh, all of the other free agency decisions we'll end up hearing about. But it is something to tell everybody a little bit about. A remind people what futures contracts are and some of the names that stood out to you. About what it.
1: futures contracts do is allow every team, even the ones that are in the playoffs, to um, sign guys now that and the contract takes effect when the new league year starts I think that's on March 15th this year but you don't have to wait till then to sign these guys and generally what they are uh, what they're used for are the guys that were on your practice squad because as soon as the your season ends whenever it does um, all your practice squad contracts expire so those guys become free agents and so if you want to re- bring them back you sign them to these futures contracts and they almost always happen like just a day or two after the season ended so so far we've brought back 13 14 I think 14 of our 16 guys that were on the practice squad at the end of the season and then one other guy I am not going to lie I don't think I can think of all 10 of yeah, them off that's the top fine. of my head right now but um, it's a lot of the guys I mean some of the names are very recognizable because we've been using them this year mm-hmm. like JJ Russell for instance right. the guys that either were elevated multiple times and got into action there or eventually got promoted to the active roster and then in JJ's case was re- released right before the last game because to make a spot for Ryan Jensen so it's a lot of you you would recognize a lot of the names but um i, I can't name them all right
0: yeah now. no that's very understandable all right well that is going to do it for us on this edition of bucks insider live presented by verizon thanks as always for being with us and again we'll be here throughout the off season to talk about all of these upcoming pretty major decisions and things going on to build the team for next season so we'll see you next time